Hey, good, good morning, guys. Sorry about the uh, delay. Okay. No problem. Well, something going on, right? Yeah, you should have seen us right before we, we got on. Multiple well, I, computers and nothing working like we wanted. Right. That's usually how it goes. So usually, like I said, I'm I'm a I'm an early kind of, we get on, Chris and I will go on about 15 minutes early, and it just, I just kept getting one thing after another. So, hey, but we're here. We made it. Yay. Hey. You know? <laughs> It's, that's what business is all about. You got to you got to adjust on the fly. It's just what life is. And so uh, glad we could have you guys on. So you guys, uh, you know, last time we saw you, it was a long time ago at Mobile Tech. And, uh, hopefully you guys have recovered. So real real quick before we even get going, um, was that your guys' first Mobile Tech? Oh no! No. How many Mobile Techs have you guys gone to? Oh, that might have been the fourth. I'm not oh, sure. You guys are old pros. But it's so cool. What I love about mobile tech is every year I use it like a gauge to see the the forward momentum that we've done from the previous year. And when we first came there, we were scared and broke. And so it always feels good to see the progress. Right. Absolutely. Well, I'm not sure if you guys knew or could or could see it, I guess, a better term. The difference within the industry, mm -hmm. you know, could you see that? I mean, it was pretty, pretty amazing oh. what, what the difference was on, you know, what detailers were doing and, and, and how many detailers were there. And, you know, it had been a bit, right. You know, we hadn't been there in a couple of years. So what, what was your takeaway from that uh, of, for, for our industry, kind of the state of the industry? Do I feel that? Or did you want me to go for it? Well, absolutely. I agree because when we first started into the industry and going to mobile tech, uh, we saw a difference in that finally detailers are realizing that they need to be, uh, good at a lot of other aspects in our business. Uh, social media has come up as a big uh, player in terms of getting business, also running your business and being being able to be profitable. You know, a lot of us started the business with a passion and passion is great. It's like you featured in your book, but if it's unbridled or it's uncontrolled, then it, you know, might not bring you uh, the results that you, you want. So we see a, a lot of change in, in the industry in terms of focusing more on the business, being smarter about what we do and uh, putting more value in, in the service that we provide for our customers. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I, I mean, we were going to all the classes for how to get the right pad, polisher, all that, but that's where we were in our journey and that that's fine. We needed that. And so we figured some of those basics out. And so now I'm hitting all the social media courses and, and anything that can help me, you know, how, how to, retain employees, all that marketing that I need to make the business side of it stronger. Yeah, that's cool. Well, you know what? And we, you do go back. You can't, it's, it's forward progress on the technical side. We got to always remember, you know, we are technicians, right? So it's sometimes I feel I go too far to the business and forget to tell people it's still, you still got to practice your trade. You still got to take in, you know, increase the art. You still got to take in, increase the efficiency. You got to match those efficiencies to profits. You, I mean, there's, there's so many things that are tied from this to this that still have to happen and knowing that right pad, knowing the latest product, you know, um, the detailer makes the product, not the product makes the, the detailer, but uh, you know, a well-equipped uh, technician is going to do a lot better. So, so we kind of went backwards at this. So, Hey, Chris, good morning. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm here. Yeah. We, I was going to say, we kind of, we kind of started off right, right on. We just, a topic, but, we just, uh, yeah. We just had to jump right into it. So, you know, yeah, I, I was going to say, if you don't mind, can I introduce these guys to everybody real quick? Heck yeah. Let's, let's go All right. It. So if you don't know, if you don't know who we're talking to here, this is Alex and Marcy Tran. Um, they're from, uh, is it Brenham, Texas? Did I say that right? 
right. That's Branham, right. Texas. All right. So, so Branham, Texas, where they, they own clean car custom detailing. And um, anyway, they are a, a husband wife team, uh, business owners. And uh, like a lot of us, they have, uh, they have struggled to build a, a profitable business, but eventually kind of got things figured out. And um, they are also the uh, creators of an upcoming um, online academy called the Detail Masters Academy, where there's going to be a focus on accelerating um, your profits. So I, I believe it's maximum profits within your detailing business. So um, that is a free online academy. We're going to we're going to dig into that a little bit later. But uh, but there's a, a website for it, and I've got that listed on the screen, so you guys could check it out at some point. But uh, Marcy and Alex have some uh, some cool insight to share on the uh, the 20 industry experts they're bringing in to uh, to that academy to share information with all of you, and uh, I think this will be fun. Yeah, it was it was an honor to be part of that. You know, I got to get interviewed, and it was really fun. And I think you guys did a great job. And like we said, we'll jump into that here in a second, but. So, Chris, last week we had a busy week. We had our five-day training go on, and unfortunately we had a one of our students before the training had started had a family emergency and had to leave before class even started. And yep. kind of, we, won't, we won't go into details, but it turned out pretty tragic. So um, our hearts are out to you. Um, yeah, but we I, had uh, the, the three students that were there did great. And um, two of them brand, 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 brand new yep. uh, to detailing. And uh, – you know, have been skirting around detailing, um, but not had not really, you know, ran polishers and stuff before, which is kind of unusual for us. Usually we get kind of a mix. So it was it was, you know, in in this case, with only having three active students, they they, uh, they did really well. And all of them, all three of them just killed it. And we had yeah. a busy week of, you know, 60, I think it was 68 hours, you know, in five days. And, and you know we, what you I mean, and. In our trainings too, you usually do a pretty good job of making an impact with these guys and and, and changing some parts of their lives. Um, I really saw it this time, though, you know. And I, you know, it, it was a it was a cool week. I felt good coming home. Yeah, I did too. I I thought you know our our night. So when we say goodbye to these guys, it's very emotional. Matter of fact, their names are still over on the board. I we, we don't take their names down until the beginning of the next class. It, it feels weird coming in here on Monday and not having them here because you've spent, you know, 70 hours with them, you know, and you're not only working with them, but, you know, we feed them here. So, we, you know, we went out and had breakfast one morning together. So you spend a lot of time with people that you're not real familiar with and it, it gets the bond. But we had a little challenge for one of our attendees and uh, at the end and it got a little emotional. So it's yeah. uh, pretty, pretty cool. But. Um, and then I'm heading out. I'm going back to Florida tomorrow morning. Matter of fact, 24 hours from now. I'll be on a uh, sitting at the airport, getting ready to board uh, to go back to Auto Geeks boot, boot Camp. So this is kind of cool because this is this is uh, Justin Lobato. A lot of people know who Justin is, and if you don't, look him up. But this is his first boot camp uh, with Auto Geek, and so I'm going back and going to join some other professionals that they're bringing in to assist with the class. And this is really exciting. Yeah, I'm going to have this is going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Yep. So and then today I even get you know we got snow. It's, it feels weird to be in Big Bear in a mountain town in a ski town and, and be so shocked that we got snow. But that's how that's how light of a winter we've had. We just we haven't had any snow. So it was cool to hear the crunch of snow under our feet this morning. And we've got last yesterday, we got one dog that's a snow dog. He's 13 and a half years old. He thinks he's three. 
And uh, he was pretty excited. So we had to take him on multiple, multiple walks, especially after it starts snowing because he just was out of his mind crazy because um, he usually has more snow. So, uh, yeah, so we've got we've got we've had a busy week. Um, and then we get back, we get a little downtime. We're right back into training and, and a senior year trip with our daughter and all kinds of deep breath stuff. Right. You know, so, yeah. well, I think we jump in. I think we got to jump into it. Anything else? I was just going to tell you one little thing. You know, I haven't told you this yet. Something exciting happened this week. Uh -oh. um, I took Brittany on Saturday morning out to a Cars and Coffee event. And, uh, you know, I, I woke up early, even though I was exhausted from the night before, because I don't think I got to bed till 2 a.m. But um, but we went out to Cars and Coffee, and uh, there was a group of uh, Porsche 356 owners there. Oh. And these were actually replicas. They weren't real, because, you know, the real ones costs a lot right. um but these were very nice replicas well guess what britney wants now she wants a 356 yep so she wow. actually she actually is on board with us setting a plan to to get one of those replicas sometime that, you know that's not a bad plan that was kind of my uncle had one uh before i was born and he i bet you today if i talked to him he's 80 i think he's gonna be 85 and i bet you if i talked to him today and asked him he still regrets selling that car. He had, you know, naturally back then he had a, it was a real one. He bought it brand new, but he talks about that, you know, cruising around Southern California and his, you know, 356. I think he had a 356B because I think it was the actual, the actual car. Yeah. But, well, anyway, uh, I thought, yeah, I'm excited because it's pretty rare for me to get her excited about a car purchase. Right. Well, that's <laughs> a cool car to be excited about. I mean, it's just, you know, it's classic, it's performance, it's classy. I mean, right? I can see her. I can see her driving that. I think you need to make that happen, Chris. Oh, we'll we'll, we'll work on it. There's a bit yeah. of a waiting a wait for them, and they're still not super cheap. It's about a fifty thousand dollar entry onto one of those. Well, and I got the perfect license plate for. Her, oh yeah, what's that? I'm gonna steal this from Diane. Her license plate. We got to get it that says hers. There you go. <laughs> you know, that 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 way, it's definitely you know it's tagged and marked, and it's you know it's clear of whose car it is. So when you're driving it, you know, she's giving you the honor of driving, you know, her Porsche. Yep. So that's cool. What color would she get? Oh, that's still debatable. Um, it, it would be the classic silver or white, or we're looking at, honestly, a, uh, a really cool blue with red leather interior. Oh, man. Yeah, I, we, that's, that's the direction I want to go, the, the blue with the red. You know, they hot rod those things, too. Yeah. You can get that thing that where it's not just a standard 356. It's got some, uh, it's got some kick to it. So we, we were up at, at uh, Gordon McCall's event and uh, we worked on a cool old classic uh, with a race car driver that was blue with red interior. And I'll, I'll try to find that. Uh, Danny Sullivan, you might know Danny, Danny Sullivan. We worked on Danny Sullivan's car. Yeah. It had some history to it. So, okay. Well, enough about us. So, all right. So, hey, so Marcy Alex, you guys have had i i listened to your journey your story and uh it's pretty it was pretty cool to hear it but marcy um you spoke at this year's mobile tech and it was a really cool program alex came up you know we, we started a conversation right before that and uh you hadn't known i'd met him yet and we'd sat down and talked and uh you know i was like i remember walking away and i met alex and I, and i and i told diana I said, oh my god this guy is so cool and then I met you, and I was like, and I hadn't put two and two together, right? And and I was like, oh my gosh, she's so cool. 
And then all of a sudden, well, you said, do you meet my husband? And I was like, yeah. And you're like, and I was like, oh my God, you guys are like so cool, you know? And that was my takeaway from, you know, seeing you guys and just seeing it, seeing how you guys operate separately, but then also, you know, bringing it together and seeing you guys together. So congratulations on, on that, because I think you made a pretty big splash at, at uh, Mobile Tech. Well, actually, what I said to you when when you said I might have just met someone from your little town, I said, well, was he Asian? Because there's not a lot of Asians. Yeah. And then I yeah. said, was he super handsome? Yeah. <laughs> and you said, well, yes, he was. So yeah, I said, that's it. I said, he's pretty hot. I said, I think, you know, I said, he's pretty hot. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was, we can die. We can die now, uh, feeling complete, accomplished and complete. complete because no way, no way. We've no been thirty kids all our life, and for some <laughs> so take us. Back. Yeah, I, I feel pretty accomplished. That's that's awesome. Take us back to the very beginning. So you know, you guys get married. You know, you're it, it, whose idea detailing? Who, who came up with detailing? Who came up with the concept of detailing? It, it was a journey, and like how, what it takes to stay in business is is pivoting and responding to the market. So you want to tell it, Reader's Digest version, how it started? Because it was, it didn't start with detailing. I want to show you a, a prop first, because I love how you showed us your prop and how you started your business when you hit rock bottom and you showed us that water hose that you yeah. built everything. This is my water hose. <laughs> there oh my goodness. You see this computer here? This sucker has been through thick and thin with me. I started, I signed up with, uh, I was in IT for 10 years and got this wild idea in my head that I could uh, start my own business. So I signed up for a franchise with a friend um, and I did mobile painting at dealerships, but uh, made a big mistake because I didn't really think it through. Uh, the franchise was taking 30% royalties Ooh. and got old really fast. It not only did they take 30% royalties, but I didn't feel like I was getting back. I wasn't getting any leads from them. And uh, I had to drum up my own leads. They didn't have any national contracts with dealerships. Everything was from the ground up, meaning we had to make cold calls and walk into sales uh, towers and try to sell ourselves. And uh, so I got tired of it, worked for them for about a year and a half and broke free. Um, I didn't have any signage on my van, so I just went off and put my own sign on. I used this computer that you see here through three or four seasons of mobile painting in Texas, uh, triple digit weather, uh, painting bumpers and doing um, blending and stuff and doing some retail work. And I'll get to the point, this is how I got into it. I didn't have enough work and we even had to get on food stamps at the time. And I kept on, after I do a retail job, I would, uh, polish out the panel and I would wipe down the entire vehicle because I don't want any compound, nothing. I want it to look nice. I believe I even started carrying some tire shine and put tire shine mm -hmm. on there. I, I tried to do little extras and I had people come up to me and go, oh, I want you to detail my car too. And the, the dummy that I was, I was like, detail? What do you mean detail? I, I, detail. I, I didn't even know what detail was. And they said, you know, like what you're doing over there, you know, getting the car shiny and and cleaning the inside. I said, no, you don't have a vacuum cleaner. Beat it. Told them to go away. This happened to me three times. And then finally, a friend of mine that was a doctor, he said, I did some touch-up paint for him and, and bumper painting. Yeah. And he goes, why don't you get into detailing? 
I said, is there even money in that? He said, well, I pay a guy to come to my house every three months, and I pay him about 400 bucks to detail my car. I was like, what? You pay a guy $400 to detail your car? He said, yeah, they do a good job. So I turned around, I know nothing about detailing. I went to a local supplier and bought $300 worth of- no, 250, I knew he was gonna get the number wrong. We bought $250 worth of, worth of supplies. Yeah. Take over from here. And then made it back in one day. One day he's going to the dirt lots where he's painting the bumpers and they had been asking, hey, do you, do you know any detailers? So he, they gave him two cars, boom, all our materials back and still had all of the materials and it took off from there. I, I didn't even know what I was doing. I mean, I had a good friend of mine or he became a good friend of mine. He came up and he complimented me on my work and I pulled him aside and I said, hey, I know this sounds weird, but I'm not trying to stroke my ego or anything, but can you tell me why it's good? Because I, I don't I don't even know what it's why it's good. Well, what is what is it that I'm doing that that makes right. it a good detail? I, I don't even know. And he said, well, you pay attention to the areas that people don't pay attention to, like the wheel wells. You do, you know, all the inside with the jams and I don't see a speck of dirt. And I was like, oh, OK, that's how clueless I was. You know, I go back to this listening to you guys and, and you know, when, you know, you had an opportunity to go into business, right? Like so many people and we get so excited and we don't, you know, we sell ourselves real quickly on stuff, right? Because most of us, a lot of us that are, are, are self-employed are really good salespeople, but we're best at selling ourselves on ideas. I'm still guilty of that. You know, I've got to take and, and slow down. But I, I, I think what you went through, Alex, on those three, it's pretty ironic you say this. I think that's the three-knock theory, is God knocked on your door three times. He went, hey, yeah. I'm stupid. I've yeah. got something for you. And you go, oh, man, I don't need that. And then all of a sudden, he brings another delivery to you. You know? <laughs> I don't need that. And usually, a lot of people, believe it or not, will ignore the third knock and move on. But somehow, you know, that third knock worked for you. And I really, I call it, you know, God knocking on your door three times. And I've learned about the second knock. I'm not, I still haven't mastered getting that first knock all the time. Most time I ignore that first knock, but I'm getting better at it. You know, I'm getting better at it. But I, I think it's amazing that you have those knocks on the door that took you down a whole, your journey down a whole nother way. And that you, and that you realize it and you're owning it. That's pretty excited. So you get those first clients. You have no idea what the heck you're doing. Oh, interesting. Somebody pays you a compliment because that's your, it's, you know, probably your dedication and your self, your self-awareness that you have to do a good job for, for somebody. Right. So what happens next? Why, why, how does it continue in explain kind of your transition into going mainstream into to detailing and from that point on? I'll do readers digest version. Is that okay? Yeah, go ahead. So um, again, we just we pivot a lot, and uh, we in there was not we were not getting a high volume of work in the bumper market or painting repainting bumpers, and so he kept asking different dealerships, "Do you need any help in the detail department?" And you know, a dealership needs you when it's a crisis, and so once one of their detail departments fell apart, we were called in, and that was and that's when I really stepped into the business and um i tend i it's safe to say right i'm really good at interiors and so i managed that bay with all our guys while he would still run out and do um 
the routes. The routes of paints and and um, and so it was it was like what I call our paid internship. It was not high money, not high margins. Um, embarrassing to say how much errors were made in hiring and all that stuff, but um, it was paid internship. You know, it was it was enough to survive, and that's where we kept our business for a good long while. And we were wondering in our in all our ignorance, why aren't we getting like people are always happy with us, anyone that we have worked for. So why don't I get more referrals? Honey, I didn't have a Google My Business listing. And how could I? How could I if I'm inside of a, uh, a dealership? They, they kind of own us, right? I keep their hours. It's, it's mother may I. And so we, we stepped out of that and we're detailing at our own home. And then the dealerships ended up coming back to us and saying, well, our detail part, department still can't do it. So we had a street full of cars. Like we were just waiting for someone to call us out on all the cars we had up and down the street. And we finally took a step in saying, I think we have enough work here. Let's get our own shop. And I mean, if you want to look up how to not run a detail business right, we I should make a blog post for that. So, right. so yeah. I, I, ran yeah, a so I ran it at a location, didn't know anything about zoning, found out that I couldn't stay there. But it was still the step in the right direction. And we were scared to death to do that. I mean, anyway. Uh, so once the city said, no, you absolutely can't stay here because of EPA and all that, we ended up finding this current location. And I mean to tell you what a difference it's been having the physical location. We're going into our fourth year here and um, learning, learning like crazy as we went and really figuring out the game changers that the marketing is and social media. And by the way, let me just say, I'm not even, I haven't even scratched the surface with doing the marketing right. Mm -hmm. So no, well, it changes so often, you know, and it's, that is just like our, 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 our technology within, you know, our, our using our hands is you got to keep up on that. But marketing trends change, you know, the algorithms of social media change. Google's constantly changing. Now you've got, you know, DuckDuckGo that you've got to, you've got to contend with. It's as an upgrowing, you know, upcoming search engine. You've got all these different things that you've got to constantly keep, you know, your hand, your finger on the pulse and it's really tough. So, so take us through, so you go through business and family, you know, as you guys are, you know, young, you're, you're going after things, you know, you opened up about having some financial hardships, mm -hmm. how do you handle those things? That's, that's the hardest part. I'm, you know, actually what's funny is uh, just like most people we're our worst own enemy. I know I am, uh, believe it or not, I'm, I am a wiry, what do you say, squirrely guy. I, I'm full of energy and it's hard for me to stay calm, keep my head right. And that's probably where I have, that's my weakness. That's where I try to work on the most is just trying to have the right mindset. Um, going back a little bit to Marcy's comment about our business, I just want to comment a little bit more about that. At one time, I, we thought the formula of success is just doing a lot. Is it like we had the shotgun method? We just like, let's, let's just throw it on the wall and see what sticks. And that was our methodology. So we were get, I was getting up early in the mornings doing lot washes. I was uh, coming back running the shop. I was still running painting routes. I was like a hamster in a wheel, just doing all these things. And to the outside, you know, it seemed like, oh, wow, he's doing really good. But actually, we weren't really all that profitable during that period. And then now, 
the switch is that we've actually slowed down to speed up. We've we've let go of a lot of things that we thought that was our success. We let go of the dealerships. We let go of the lot washes. We became specialists in paint correction, ceramic coatings, and she's uh, her, in her first year of PPF. So we've, we've slowed down. We don't have as much volume of work. There are times where we don't have enough work, but we chose that. We, we chose that. And so um, I hope that answered your question. And I, for, I even forgot what your question is. Sorry, Randy. No, that's what I'm saying. What you're talking about, rewiring. I don't even sit down for these podcasts. You know, I stand up. I'm just not a, you know, I'm an, I'm an energy type of person. And, and, and I, so I, I, I dig it. So, so no, it, it's, I, I think it's, you know, it's the old saying, you know, slow, slow, smooth, smooth is fast, right? Is yeah. that you've got to realize where you're just spinning your wheels and where it's, you're exchanging time for money. And the money's just really going to everything except for you. That's you know, it's that if you've got staff, there's a lot of work that you could be doing that is just going to paying your staff. And and sometimes in the slow time, that's okay. You know, that's great. But you can't, it can't be 24-7, you know, 12 months out of the year that you've got a certain part of your staff that's all they're doing is paying themselves. You know, that's that's not a good thing. So I think that's where you're going is that, you know, you found out the things that were just kind of you're spinning your wheels on and you decide, okay, let's let's exit out of those things that we're wasting our time with and start building up the things that, that matter. Correct. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, point on. Yeah. We have a, a mentor that helped us. And uh, one of the things that he said is, do you know your numbers? Do you know how much you have to make a day, a week? Do you know where you're at? You know, you can't get somewhere without knowing where you currently are. And a lot of people don't want to look at that because they don't want to <laughs> see the reality. They don't want to know how bad they're doing. And uh, we took a sober look at what we were doing. And that, that's what led us to make the decisions, oh, we can let go of the dealerships. Because I found out that as much as I thought these big fat checks I was getting, you know, at the end of the month, I, you know, eight to 10 grand. But when I split it up, I realized with all the, okay, it was less. So anyways, with all the work that we put in it and sending people, picking up the vehicles and delivery and all of this, headaches that they put us through we said no uh we're gonna we're gonna hang it up and that was by looking at our numbers that's numbers are so important i you know i had a, a real um eye opener with with the gentleman at a young guy in his 30s uh down in mobile tech so i had a guy coming to the booth and he's talking to me and my alarm bells go up because he's immediately telling me how successful he is and and anytime somebody starts out a conversation like that to uh -huh. me it's just odd you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just it. it I, I mean, we get it all the time in the industry. It's, it's not just our industry and in, in any industry. And the guys, you know, he's he's peacocking a little bit, right? You know, and he's telling me how good he's doing, and how much money he's bringing in, and how successful the the shop is. And he's thinking about a second location, and he's got all these people working for him. And that later that night, we're out on the patio, and um, I don't drink. I, I'm just not a. I just don't. Just never been a drinker, right? And this guy is blitzed out on the patio and I happened to run into him. I think he was going back to the bar. Um, and I personally don't think there's a place, there's a good place for business and having a adult beverage. There's no place in business to be at an event and be drunk. I just think it's, it's not a good combination. Well, he opens up. Well, guess what? This, I'm, you know, not going to mention his name. He hasn't paid taxes in 15 years, mm. state or federal 15 years. 
And I didn't say anything because he's, you know, he was quite intoxicated, but the truth came out. And the reason why he's successful is he's not, he's not successful is that he's going to get, he's going to lose everything. They're going to catch up to him. And I just put my hand on his shoulder and I said, you know, you need to go find a good CPA right away. Good bookkeeper, get your books back into order for, you know, at least right now for the, you know, going in for this year, start working on last year and then have them, you know, go to the mercy of the IRS and your state tax board and, you know, start that process of cleaning things up because the longer it goes, I mean, you could be looking at jail time if you're making that kind of money that you're saying and not doing it. So back to Alex's point is I don't think a lot of people want to look at the numbers. You know, I don't think they know how to look at their numbers. And I think they're living in a fairy tale land, you know, and I've done it. I'm guilty of that. You know, I've been in those positions, but it was for a very, very short time. I hired somebody under the table, you know, hoping they didn't get hurt. I've been in those positions and I can tell you it's not worth the risk in in all cases. Do it legit. Be above the board. And that's what I hear you guys saying. So you guys have learned. What's the takeaway if you had to each, and this is a question to each one of you, and we're going to kind of throw the under the bus on this because we didn't, definitely didn't practice this, right? Is that if there was one eye-opening moment, what, what was that for each one of you? You know, where you said, hold on, man, we've got an opportunity here, but we got to do it right. What was, what was the thing that opened your eyes? You know, what was the, was there a moment? Was there a time? Was there a, a conversation? Was there an event? What, what was it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so mine would be not very long ago, maybe only two years ago, my, my, my mentor was telling me the things I needed to put in place to drive more business because we had the skill, we had a, a decent selling personality, but we were playing so freaking small and, and I, and I needed to market and he was showing me how, and I, and it's just like, just do the stuff he's saying and I'm sitting at my desk and I'm crying uh, because it's not aligning with my identity whatever small version of that it was and so for me personally this might not be other detailers I had to look at what were my limiting beliefs what did I need to get out of my own way to be able to go do this stuff because we knew how to make cars beautiful we that wasn't that that wasn't the missing piece it was the presence the presentation to customers when they show up, that where we add value, where I put it out there on social media, and I have to say, I'm still, I'm still learning and improving in that. Like most definitely, there's a, there's a huge gap between what I know I can do and what we're doing. Um, but that that moment of facing like I'm in my own way, that was it for me. That's pretty awesome, Alex. Yeah, I would have to agree with her. That that would be also my biggest uh, moment where we transition as of recent. So since she took my answer, really? I'll go but you ahead. you at the desk crying? I'm a very sensitive guy. No, I cry, no. cry myself. <laughs> I do it after you fall asleep. <laughs> no, I'm very unemotional. I hardly ever cry. <laughs> but anyways, um, so I'll take a different answer. Is can can you rephrase that question one more time so I can get it in my head? So you know what was what was the moment that that aha moment where you had to change things up? Where it was like, okay, man, we we've got something here, and we're just this ain't working. You know, we got to go to we got to get to the next level. What was that? What was it? What was the wake up call for you? Okay, 
So I'm going to answer that, uh, Alex, style my own way. So what, what I deem as success now has changed from what I thought would be success in the past. In the past, I thought it was if I hit a certain number, mm. like six figure, wow, you know, let's shoot up the confetti. And then once we hit six figure, I realized, oh my gosh, it's not all that. You know, if you make over a hundred grand, you know, it sounds good and all, but man, it, once you start paying everybody and everything, it's like, it's not all that great. It, so that, in that, when we were in the dealership, we were working so hard and then I saw what we actually were keeping and I'm going, wow, I'm not even with my kids, you know, a lot of that, that time period, I would basically go home at eight o'clock mm -hmm. and, uh, put the kids to bed, they were still young, read them a story, tuck them in bed, and that's it. My time with them was probably one or two hours. Max. Max. That's generous. Yeah. So that's probably, the, that's probably the turning point in my life is when I realized that everything was just flashing before me very quickly. And then, you know, now it's amazing because who cares what the number, because we, I walk to work, um, the work is here. I close my door, I work from eight to five. We open on Saturdays when we have overflow work, but we don't work on Saturdays, which is like mind blowing, having a detail shop and not working Saturdays. Like, what are you, you know, crazy? But the point is we have control over our life now and the quality of life is amazing. I've got a brewery in the backyard I could walk wow. to a brewery. I've landed so many ceramic coating jobs from no my drinking buddies For over real. there. That's I know you, marketing you don't drink, Rennie. I drink, I don't get drunk, but that's my way of like, I go there in downtown where we're at and I, I do the marketing. Networking, it's networking. always networking. I'm always, always. Ne I'm always networking. ABC that's always awesome. be closing. That's, well, you know, my reason for drinking simple. I think drinking's awesome. I wish I, I wish I had the, the taste for it. I really do because beer looks so good, right? When I'm in Europe, I do actually have a, you know, have a drink. I'll have a beer. Somebody tells me, if Diane goes, oh, you're going to like this beer, it means it's really foo-foo-y, you know, and it's real light and it's really, you know, I will do that. But my, 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 my comes from watching a family full of addicts mm. and me being very young and me just making this conscious decision that, you know, my family's got an issue. And I'm going to go ahead and stay away from that issue. I've got a very addictive personality. Um, it's real hard for me to turn business. I'm going through a point right now where my mind is working faster than I can keep up with it. And I've got to slow down. And it's really because I think I'm on the threshold of, a, of something really cool. I don't know. I can just feel things. It sounds weird. But there's, there's new things on the horizon. There's cool things happening right now in our boat. Um, but that's not a good thing on your personal life. You know, I've got to slow down and make sure I, I, you know, tell Diane, you know, what she means to me and pay attention to people in my life and make sure that I'm, I'm being respectful to Chris and, you know, our double black team and the detail mafia and the industry. I'm, I'm that so pointed Alex, that that's why I'm glad that I, you know, I don't drink. Um, but I do have an occasional, if it's got an umbrella in it and a piece of pineapple, I'm all over it. You know, I'm all over. It. I'm all over. It. Um, so you know, you you mentioned something, Alex, right now. It's added income. 
doesn't always mean what it sounds like. Added income comes with added stress, added work, and added risk. And it's our jobs to figure out how to increase our income without adding the added stress, the added work, and minimalizing the risk. And that's where a lot of people, that's where I was hung up at, is I was a balls to the wall, hang it out there, everything, risk it all. And then when I was young, I'd lose it. I was like, oh, crap. You know, man, it took me five years to get you know, all this money saved up, and it's gone. And it's because it was unbridled. You mentioned that, unbridled energy. You know, I'll, I'll relate this back to search and rescue. Hunters, when we go chasing, and when we, the, my, one of my worst nightmares is when I get a call, and I've got to go out for a missing hunter. And the reason why is when hunters go missing, usually it's, it's one of two things. They've either injured something, and they're going looking for it, and, and it's emotional. They don't want to take and have the animal suffer, which I really appreciate. Or they just didn't get into the game they're looking for, and they just kept going. Mm -hmm. They kept going. And hunters don't stop. It's unbridled energy. And then most recently with my horse, he's seven years old. He's 16 hands, which is tall. He's 1,300 pounds, which is big. And he's a juvenile. He's only seven. And so I'm his... He, you know, I, I'm his security blanket and, and Diane will even tell you when he's walking with me, if he gets spooked, the first thing he does is he puts his whole body against me and wants me to protect him. And I'm like, dude, you're 1300 pounds. You know? <laughs> it's unbridled fear, right? Is that he's got all the energy to protect him and I, he really does. It's flight or fight, a fight or flight. And he's got the energy to take off. And every once in a while he does, he'll bolt. And I've learned to, to, and I'm, I'm going to relate this stuff back to business, I promise, is I've learned to feel him. And I can feel his energy change before he bolts, and I can calm him down or we'll change a direction. You've got to get that sense in business, too, is that you've got to be able to put risk out there, but not too much risk. And you've got to be able to feel the energy around you when it changes and stop that forward motion, go around it, change something up, really pay attention to what you're doing. So I think that you really brought that out. That was good points. Um, and so I think you're a very emotional guy, by the way, Alex, we got, you got emotional with me, you kind of made my day when I first met you. Uh, so I think it's pretty cool. So maximizing profits, let's go into, let's go into that a little bit. Tell me about that. Okay. So Tom Kirby just put a comment up that I really like. It says success is measured in many ways. Money is not the key. And now you get, you're, you're not going to feel very successful if you don't have money, but the whole game is not money. And so how this thing started was I have always loved uh, budgeting. We back in the day when we first had kids, um, uh, we followed Dave Ramsey plan and I paid off $67,000 of debt with that while having two babies and stopping work. So income was going down, but still through budgeting, we were able to handle that. And so I loved that and I also loved that we were able to save something for the future and so we were you know just doing the standard Roth IRA invest well back at the time it wasn't Roth but anyway investing and so I love it so much that I called uh, Jimbo up and said hey Jimbo please can I come on your podcast and talk about this because I have a feeling detailers aren't like we didn't I didn't always want to take advantage of it when his company was offering it and matching it small-minded because 
history marcy was like oh no i don't you can't do that baby i need all that money i can't i can't afford to be without that six percent the heck right and so uh jimbo was like yeah this is a good topic so we got on and while we were doing that interview he mentions the book profit first and i had not heard of it Although I had walked, although I had gone to the Mike McCallow, the author's class at SEMA and walked out and walked out because I was like, this guy in his profits garbage, he doesn't, you know, he, I have to have some profits to save some profits. He's just smoking crack. Okay. So um, he mentions that book and I mean, I read it and the scales fell from my eye. I could budget at home no matter what. When we were getting that pathetic little, which I'm not proud of being on superfood stamps, it's, it's, it's a low moment, but they would give me $26 a month and I would go and buy beans and rice with $26. And of course we had you know enough other money, but I valued that, I really valued that. And so no matter what we had, I've always been able to make it stretch, but the business was another story. It was like a screaming baby out of control. We were just feeding it, feeding it, feeding it. Income would go up, expenses would go up. Hustle more, work harder, expenses. And it was just a cycle that wasn't ending until I read that book and did what he said and opened the different accounts. And so from that, I asked I asked, uh, doo -doo -doo, I asked Jimbo, can I come back on the podcast because people need to know about this. And he said, yes. And from there, I had people messaging me just from listening to that podcast, telling me their stories and like some things that I like took for granted, like fundamental things that we were doing, it turned out that others others weren't doing it. And so that's what brought up this whole idea of what we're doing right now. And so it's not really an academy, like big picture vision. I don't know what's out there. Right now, what we're putting on is called a summit. And in other industries are super popular. And I got to thinking, there's not been a summit in the detailing industry yet. And here's what's behind this idea. I love how straightforward you are. I love how meticulous and precise Ivan is. Um, I love another person's sales technique. I, I'm taking and I'm extracting from everybody, but like, I don't always have the time to go down the rabbit hole of listening to all the podcasts or, or you know, I'll, I'll blow a night away just watching a bunch of rad company videos. And so I was like, what if I took all these people, and by the way, there's more than what I got on here that I wanted. So this is not a reflection of who's the authority. It's just who 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 was willing to play right now. And what if I ask each of them to talk about something like I'm to, I'm I'm really passionate about um, budgeting and investing for your future. And each of you has your thing that you really love too. That you know, you can see this gap in the marketplace. What we're not paying attention to. And so I it did these interviews. And what happens is. Uh, for once you, if you say, yeah, I want to be a part of it, you sign up and for 10 days in your email box, you'll get two interviews, two guys, and they're going to get right to it. Like, I don't like a lot of fluff. Let's cut to it. And let's talk about this thing. Tell us what it is we need to pay attention to so we can all get to where you guys are at. Yeah, it's pretty, you know, I, I was, uh, I was blessed to be involved with it, you know, with you guys and interviewing and, and it was pretty, uh, it was pretty exciting, you know, and here's, here's some of it that's, uh, uh, up there right now, you know, some of the, the, um, guests and so forth. And Chris is going to kind of span through this. Um, but it's really exciting to be a part, you know, with these individuals and a lot of them come from not just a background in detailing it was, you know, some of these professionals come from big businesses and big corporations, and they've got a lot of different things going on and opinions and so forth. So it's pretty exciting. 
So, you know, it, it's, so let's go, let's, let's go and where, where do you think, you know, after seeing mobile tech and again, we did, I'm going to throw you in front of the bus after seeing mobile tech, the response that you've gotten, you know, you spoke, um, first off the presence with powerful women was, was, was stronger than I've ever seen it and really ever dreamed that I would see it in the detailing industry. That, so that was exciting. Did you guys kind of witness the same thing? Absolutely. Yes. It's pretty yeah, cool, so, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That we've got not just yourself, but a lot of powerful women technicians um, that are coming, coming, you know, to the forefront of the industry. And uh, I just think it's amazing. I, I think it's cool that the women are bringing a, a whole different element and taste and flavor and professionalism and viewpoints. Um, and it's pretty cool. I think that it's, it's pretty exciting to see them uh, there and partake, partaking in it and to see you up on stage, you know, and speaking and, you did a great job, by the way. So where do you guys think, and this is a question to each one of you, what do you think is in store? Do you think, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to segue real quick. Mm -hmm. you know, one of my things, I come up through and, you know, back in my day, and I've said this a lot in recent interviews, is that in, in, in a decade, you'd typically see one minor slowdown and then something that was a little more severe, you know, with the economy, you know, slowing down. Uh, we haven't seen that. You know, it's been a decade of just kept slowly building up, you know, 2012, uh, 08 hit. And then we, you know, we, we sat there and we just kind of hovered on the bottom for a little while. And then slowly, you know, our brands, we started building up quite rapidly by 2010. You know, we were we were through our hard spot and we actually just we grew, we grew like crazy, you know, and I know a lot of people are the same way, but we really haven't had. You know, a lot of people are calling, you know, COVID a slowdown. Boy, I just don't, you know, maybe for some industries, I'm sure restaurants, some restaurants were hit really hard. Some have really succeeded, but we haven't had a slowdown. And do you see, do you think the detailing industry is prepared for that when it does happen? Because it's going to happen. That's a good question. I mean, you, you got me, you got me going. I mean, that, I can get into that. Oh, yeah, please. I'm not. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think that we are ready for it if we take advantage of the tools and uh, what's available to us now. For example, um, we have such great mentors like you in the industry and many. And that's one of the reasons why we decided to put Summit together is because we're like, man, look at all these guys that are willing to give back to the industry because you guys realize that, you know, if you strengthen up the uh, industry, it's going to help everybody out. And so I really feel like despite the slowdown, if we uh, implement what we should really be implementing, I learned this back from Levi and, and Ivan many years ago. They said that um, we're not in the business of detailing cars. Detailing cars is, or having shiny cars is a result of customer service. So I, I shifted, we shifted our mindset to not that the main thing is that they get back a shiny car. The main thing is that we take care of people. I mean, we have people coming into us asking us what's the best wiper blades to use, how to maintain their car. And we, we don't know these answers, but we'll get them to the answer. And mm -hmm. people have looked at us, at, you know, trustworthy, like we're almost like a family friend, a confidant, something that happened in their life. They come and they talk to us. We stay connected and plugged into them. And that's why they're going to come back. So I'm confident that we can weather it. Well, I mean, we, we might not be eating steaks every night, but 
I know we're going to be able to to weather it. That's good. We're building relationships, not not focusing, you know, on necessarily just the best well, product. We, we, you know, all the slowdowns we've seen a lot, you know, in my in my career, we've seen, and I think that you know maybe maybe society. I don't think society's doing a better job. I think people are more reckless financially right now than they've ever been before. But I think our government and our economy's changed to where it has kind of they've gotten better at controlling interest rates, inflation. Is skyrocketing you know we're having a price increase even in in our companies you know um you have to you know to cover down on what's going on but as a mentor i'm going to tell people this right now is that you've got to save you've got to put away don't spend don't spend and you got to minimalize is you've got to look at it as is this a need or a want is it is it really something i really really need to make my business better or is this me just wanting something and you know, I, I I've always used this term. Somebody taught me this, is that you don't own things; things own you. And you know, if they're paid for, it's great because you can liquidate. But I've lived through, you know, my grandmother was a survivor of, you know, she was a child. She saw an airplane and an automobile for the first time on the same day on a Fourth of July parade. Okay, that's my grandma. I mean, she had never seen a car before, and she had never seen an airplane before, and she saw both. So going back, she lived through and remembers as a very young child, World War One. She lived through the Great Depression. She lived through World War Two and her husband being, you know, my grandpa being shipped off, you know, to war for three years. She lived through uh, the, the, uh, the Cuban crisis, you know, with, you know, the Cold War. She lived through Vietnam. She lived through segregation. She lived through civil rights. She had all these things. And so with that, I come from a, a stone of that we didn't have much. And really, you can live quite nicely without a lot, is that as long as you center the right people around you and you know that that you don't own things, things own you. And so I just I think our industry needs to better prepare. I think we need to stop spending money. Um, there's things that you want to spend money on. And it's like I tell anybody. Listen, if you're educated and your company's doing well, you're all up to date on your bills, you're all up to date on your taxes, um, you've got money to spare, you know, and savings. If things get tough, you can pay your bills. If you didn't get one ounce of, of business in for six to 12 months and you could take care of yourself just with what you've got to put away, you're in good shape to go do things. You know, if those the answer to any of that is no, I don't have that. Well, then you need to save a little bit before you spend a lot of money going to SEMA. You need to save. Maybe go get educated. Maybe take a, a college course on on business financing. You know, um, you need to take and you know leases. You you, you learned. I've learned a valuable lease by our lessons by by having leases. Right. Not all leases are created equal, and so you got to know what you're doing. So. Well, guys, it's been it's been really cool. So when is let's talk about, you know, the uh, the academy. When's everything launching? Tell us about that. How can people get how can people get involved? Yes. So it's right around the corner. And this thing time based It's February. I made it a super I'm kind of dingy. So I made it a date that I, nobody could forget. It's February 22nd, 2022. That is less than a week away. And the the uh there's a link right here on the screen so it's detailmastersacademy.com and 
that's where you can you sign up right there and then I will be emailing you and every day like I said two speakers are coming out with some super awesome topics oh my gosh I didn't even cover it I don't know if I if we have the time yeah go for it yeah because I want to whet your appetite for what you're in store for so we got Billy Bogus Jeremy Stevens and GJ Patterson they're going to be talking about health whether it's physical health or mental health how those are like key foundational things to your business running right um, I got a couple, uh, Ivan and um, Dan, Dan Williams talking about phone skills. I mean, come on, how, phone skills, how stupid simple is that? No, it, it, it's, they see like 90% of us don't handle our phone calls right between answering and the systems and processes that we use to be able to onboard and close big jobs, ceramic coating jobs. Um, and then I have customer service experience. I learned so much from Bernice and Grant Menard. They are so relational, making sure that the experience for the customer is like, like they feel like royalty. And I have slowed down. I like to get things done. Well, that's great. But how does the customer feel? And so I am just unplugging, slowing down, giving them all my attention. That's what my, my little tagline for our business is drive away happy. Well, I want to be sure you you experience that, that you drive away happy, that you're seen, that you're acknowledged. It's so rare today. All right, enough about that. Uh, Jimbo's going to cover some topic touches on marketing. And then uh, Dustin Jackson talks about the power of goals and consistency. But besides mindset, goals and consistency, honey, that I just, I can't get enough of that. And Levi Gates, for me, turns everything upside down when it comes to networking with your other detailers. Because... There's way more. That's just like scratching the surface. These guys deliver in 30 to 45 minutes per interview. They, oh, I'm looking at that. Juan Gonzalez talks more about what you were mentioning, how to take your money and make sure that even in the slow times, if, you, if you're like up north and things literally have to slow down, you're not hurting. And it's, it's just simple. Everything is really simple if we just do it. You know, Juan, a lot of people don't realize this. I've mentioned it a couple times. Juan worked for me up in our Sun Valley office. I didn't I mean, know that. Yeah, we uh, we were together on 9/11. When 9/11, every, every speaker I see, I want to tell you about them. Everyone has great topics, you know. Like Justin Lobato, he brings it. Uh, Joe Kimball talks about having a mission, like some some other extra uh, thing that you're you're about, and how powerful that is. So they they really bring it. Well, hey, we want to thank you guys for coming on. Make sure you guys go sign up. There's a link on the uh, link on the screen right now. Guys, uh, you know, I'd love to have you back after, you know, after this is completed, you guys can gain some numbers, you know, and some input. Let's have you back on and talk about what you guys have learned by hosting this, you know, and thanks for being an inspiration. I think what this kind of, what this, this, this event's going to do is it's going to blossom other events that just keep on, you know, helping us grow. And a lot of people just don't think of it this way, but the more of this kind of education and the more that the people in the industry value education and the smarter people we bring into the industry that's not even there right now the stronger the industry becomes the stronger we become independently and so i want to command you on on uh, doing that uh pretty pretty amazing uh very proud of you so uh how do people reach out to you if they want to contact you what's a good email uh and how do they find you on social media well first let me say thank you to you rennie i forgot to say that i had this one guy that a few people know about his name's rennie he, he he might be the final day's presenter because you know I had to save the best for last. So uh, up to you. I couldn't even believe when uh, uh, pretty, when y'all see this. Yeah. Um, 
How do you reach out to us? Well, on Facebook, you we are Marcy Tran or Alex Tran. And then, of course, there is the detailed Masters Academy. I made a page, finally. I told you I'm behind on social media. And uh, and if it's by email, it's just info at detailmastersacademy.com. I know it's kind of long, but it's all spelled the regular words. Cool. All right, guys. Well, hey, have a blessed day. Thanks for coming on, man. We're excited to talk to you after uh, after the, the Academy is all finished up. And uh, guys, make sure everybody sign up for this. I think it's going to be exciting to uh, kind of see what this brings and the conversations it yeah. starts. So I can't wait yeah. to get the feedback from people what they want more of, what they liked. I dig it. Well, hey, you guys take care. God bless everybody. Happy detailing. We'll see you next time. Take Thanks. care.